0: Welcome back. This is the second installment of Fox News Investigates. I'm Laura Engel. Today, the second part in our multi-part series on allegations of police sex abuse in Louisville, Kentucky. A warning that some of the material you're about to listen to may be disturbing and may not be suitable for minors. It's important to note that our stories are sourced from civil and criminal court proceedings, direct interviews with attorneys, local politicians, and victims. Federal prosecutors recently obtained guilty pleas from two officers accused of sex abuse, further corroborating our reporting. Finally, Fox News has reached out to all central parties involved in this case for a response. Taking us through part two of our story is our reporter, Andrew Kuyper.
1: You'll recall from our first episode, the stories of C.F. and Daryl, two alleged victims who described the details of being sexually abused by former Louisville Metro Police Officer Kenneth Betts. C.F. is a plaintiff in one of seven lawsuits filed against numerous officials and organizations in Louisville. We've also decided to devote a fourth episode in this series to five Explorer lawsuits that were unsealed in the 11th hour of our investigation. In it, we'll explore at length the allegations of abuse and cover-up against a number of newly named Louisville Metro Police Department officers.
2: Two former
3: LMPD officers accused of raping teenagers will be arraigned today on criminal charges.
0: WDRB's
4: Mara Siriani tells us more about the charges. Mara?
3: Both men are scheduled to be arraigned today on charges stemming from a sex abuse scandal involving LMPD's Explorer program. Two former officers, Brandon Wood and Kenneth Betts, face criminal charges. A Jefferson County grand jury indicted Wood last week on seven counts of sex abuse with one alleged victim. LMPD Chief Steve Conrad fired him from LMPD last Thursday. Former officer Kenneth Betts was indicted on two counts of sodomy involving two alleged victims. Attorney David Yates filed a lawsuit claiming Betts and Wood raped a teenage boy between 2011 and 2013 while he was in the Explorer program. The lawsuit claims the alleged victim was sexually abused in homes, vehicles and other locations. According to the suit, the former officers molested, abused and raped the teen and recorded the sexual acts. Yates says he now represents four alleged victims, three males and one female. LMPD's Public Integrity Unit is investigating along with the FBI. Both men are scheduled to be arraigned today at the Judicial Center. Mara Sirianni, WDRB News. As
1: our story unravels, we've already heard some of the gruesome details of sexual assault. Now, we'll get into accusations of a cover-up. Former Major Curtis Flaherty, who led the department's Explorer program, has been accused of helping cover-up and facilitate the officer's abuse. He's since retired from the force. LMPD Chief Steve Conrad and Mayor Greg Fisher have also been named in lawsuits and accused of negligence. On some level, all are facing allegations of wrongdoing by lawyers and whistleblowers. In this episode, we'll investigate those claims and begin to unravel the accusations of sexual abuse, misconduct, and cover-up in Louisville. The first allegations surfaced in 2013 when two teens filed official complaints of misconduct against former officer Kenneth Betts. For the next three years, however, their cases went nowhere.
5: Um, I received some communications from some police officers asking me if I had heard about a search warrant conducted by the police department on an officer's home. Uh, And I said, no, I had not. Then, in
1: 2016, there was a discovery about allegations against a second officer. Metro Council President David James takes us back to that day.
5: When they did that, I was told that um, they found videotape of Officer Betts and Officer Wood um, molesting um, one of the explorers. And so I was kind of in shock by that. And so um, uh, a couple weeks had passed, and I had not seen anything on the news about Um, any arrests being made. And I thought that was awfully strange.
1: 32-year-old Brandon Wood had been with the department for years. He was fired in April 2017, and in January, he pleaded guilty to a felony attempted enticement charge. He's yet to be sentenced, but the charge carries a term of 10 years in prison. According to plea documents, Wood met the teen he sexually pursued at an explorer camp in Kentucky. At the camp, Wood was working as a counselor. And the teen was attending as a cadet. Wood was recently sentenced to 70 months in jail for his role in the Youth Explorer scandal. Multiple attempts to reach him and his attorneys have gone unanswered.
5: I believed that what the officers told me, so I then contacted the chief, Chief Conrad, and asked him uh, about the investigation related to the explorers. And he told me that, you know, he wasn't able to talk about any invest- active investigation and I said well I know about um, the controlled phone call I know about the search warrants and I know about the videotapes I'm asking you what's going on because I haven't seen anybody go to jail and uh, he said that they were working on it and it's under investigation um, officers started telling me that nothing's going to happen with that case because the chief doesn't want it to.
1: James said several Louisville Metro Police officers met with him and told him that nothing was being done about the explicit videos found
5: at Woods' home. And I said, well, why doesn't the chief want it to? And they told me that, well, it's because of the case from 2013. And I said, what case from 2013?
1: James had no idea about the sexual allegations made against Officer Betts in 2013. There had been an internal investigation, and
5: Betts had been allowed to quietly resign. There were two reports that came in in 2013 to the police department. Um, one was a a young lady um, who reported that um, an officer had sent her inappropriate text messages and asked to uh, become physical with her and then there was also a young man that reported that one of the explorer officers um, offered to fix a speeding ticket in exchange for sex Um, and that all occurred in 2013. And who was the officer? That was it. The same officer in both complaints. Uh, Bets, Officer Bets. So the case went under investigation and um, through the through the police department and internal investigation. And um, it, it, in that investigation or during that investigation, um, the chief allowed. Um, Officer Betts to resign uh, from the police department. And once that resignation took place, um, he closed the investigation. And there was never any um, work done to find out if there were any other victims within the Explore program. Um, You know, if you have two complaints about that type of activity in the Explorers program, you would think that you would want to know if anybody else had been a victim, or anybody else had been approached, or if there were any other officers involved in anything inappropriate, but that never that never happened. And and
1: so so Bets was allowed to resign. It's my understanding he went in and worked for another department. Yes. So he was he, he resigned without any marks on his record. That's correct. James said, Chief Steve Conrad closed the investigation by exception, which prevents formal charges from being issued by the department. Kenny Betts went on to work in official capacities for two other cities, including as an officer at the Audubon Park Police Department. The officers who tipped James to the abuses believed this was why Chief Conrad didn't want the new cases to go public. Multiple attempts to reach Betts and his attorneys have been fruitless. They haven't offered any comment on the ongoing litigation or made Betts available for interviews. Similarly, LMPD spokespeople refused to comment on the behalf of Chief Conrad.
5: They said because he didn't do anything with that case back then or those cases back then and didn't check to see if any other kids had been injured or anything else had happened to anybody else, he if, if an arrest is made, um, then it's going to bring that up and people are going to call into question what he did or didn't do back in 2013. And that kind of floored me. I was kind of shocked when I had more than one officer tell me that. And so... Um, at that point, I felt compelled to tell somebody else because I hadn't at that point.
1: On October of 2017, James was meeting with Chief Conrad on a different issue when he decided to confront him about the investigation into Betts and Wood.
5: His face got red, his body stiffened up, he got pretty tense. You know, if his, if his glasses could have fogged over, they probably would have.
1: James described Chief Conrad's body language as very uncomfortable
5: during the confrontation. He said the chief's reaction made him apprehensive. Because... I'm trying to figure out why is the chief uncomfortable during this conversation. So, um, I guess I that's the answer I have.
1: Despite the awkward conversation, Chief Conrad promised the councilman the case was being properly investigated. James was skeptical, but he felt he had to let the people officially in charge work their case. Just five months after James met with Chief Conrad, something happened that turned the community of Louisville inside out. N.C. was the first plaintiff to file a civil lawsuit against the officers. The allegations within the lawsuit are harrowing. N.C. claimed that he was raped by Officers Betts and Wood, acts they recorded on camera. In our first episode, we heard from C.F., another plaintiff who claimed he and N.C. were raped by Officer Betts. C.F. has filed separately and after N.C.'s initial lawsuit.
3: I had about two
5: or three, and... I had a buzz and that's when he pulled us back into his room, started taking our clothes off and kinda pushed us onto the bed and from there it led on to him giving us oral sex and us giving him oral sex and it led to him uh, penetrating me and NC
1: NC's allegations of abuse were now public. The news ripped through Louisville.
5: You know, the media is all over it, and people are talking about it. Council members are talking about it. Police officers are talking about it. Citizens are talking about it. You know, I can't go to the grocery store without being stopped by citizens. Other council members are having the same thing. And, and then another lawsuit is filed, and um, more of the same. And I have council members calling me saying, what are we going to do?
1: The lawsuits were the tipping point for James. He met with Mayor Greg Fisher and urged him to contact the FBI to look into the allegations. But the mayor's office refused James' request for outside law enforcement. Instead, Fisher decided to hire an outside investigator, former U.S. District Attorney Kerry Harvey, for $140,000. Mayor Fisher said in a statement that it's of the utmost importance to get to the bottom of the youth explorer's sex abuse. James took issue with the decision to hire Kerry Harvey not with the decision to have an investigation of the scandal.
5: The private investigator has no ability to arrest anybody, has no ability to do search warrants, has no ability to do subpoenas, all those things that are necessary to investigate a case and have the tools and resources and assets that you need to do that. James
1: was prophetic. As Harvey began investigating, the police union prevented him from interviewing LMPD officers because of a clause in their collective bargaining agreement. A heavily redacted version of the report was recently released after months of delays. In it, Harvey found that Louisville Metro Police made mistakes in handling the allegations of Betts' misconduct. The report also found no evidence of a cover-up by Mayor Fisher and largely cleared Chief Conrad of mishandling the investigation into Betts' misconduct. However, the allegations of abuse that were recently released in Harvey's timeline are disturbing. Metro Council recently voted to release Harvey's timeline of official knowledge of the abuse which is separate from his original report. Although the names of the minors are redacted, local Fox News affiliate WDRB reported that Flaherty was fully aware of sexual misconduct allegations made against Betts. They were made as early as 2002, when the beleaguered officer was still a teen cadet in the Explorer program. Flaherty submitted a written report of the allegations against Betts to a superior, yet the department still hired him four years later in 2006 as a recruit. Neither Flaherty or the department could be reached for comment regarding the hiring of Bets after allegations had been made. Multiple attempts to reach LMPD's listed public information officer have gone unreturned. Flaherty's attorney, Lee Sitlinger, did tell me he expects the accusations of negligence leveled against his client to be dismissed in an upcoming hearing. Currently, Flaherty is named as a defendant in all seven civil suits filed by the former Youth Explorer cadets. His attorney said he is innocent and ran a very safe program.
2: The first allegation of sexual misconduct against an LMPD Explorer happened in 2002. The name is redacted, but a source close to the investigation tells WDRB it was a minor in the Explorer program named Kenneth Betts. Betts is now at the center of the Youth Explorer program sex abuse case, now charged with several counts of sexual abuse.
5: The fact that we knew there was a problem in 2002, and that we. still did not do anything about it as a police department and the children were molested.
2: It's the most disturbing detail for Metro Council President David James. Documents released Thursday show that two female Explorers came forward in 2002 saying Betts sexually abused them.
5: There was an assault that took place and that Lieutenant Flaherty, then Lieutenant Flaherty later became Major Flaherty, was well aware of that situation.
2: Four years later in 2006, Betts joined the department and became involved with the Explorer program. He's now accused of assaulting eight explorers before he resigned in 2014.
5: So here we are in 2018 saying, how did this happen?
2: A knowledge timeline shows that Chief Conrad knew about some assaults as early as 2013.
5: When Chief Conrad really knew about it, why did he not stop the program and check on these children to make sure that no further bad things were going to take place.
2: The same timeline shows Mayor Fisher wasn't made aware of any allegations until November 2016. He ended the Explorer program in March 2017. Fisher tweeted a statement that says in part, I remain committed to ensuring that all questions are answered, that justice is served, and that all necessary measures are taken to make sure this never happens again.
1: Harvey's timeline has Betts joining the Explorer program in 1999 and Wood in 2000. In 2002, two females accused Betts of sexual misconduct. The allegations against Betts when he was a member of the Louisville Metro Police Department go back to 2007, when Harvey reported that he took an explorer to a local park and demanded oral sex. The first allegations Harvey found against Wood date back to 2011, when he said the officer had sex with a 17-year-old and exchanged explicit emails with a 16-year-old. Harvey's timeline and report do well to fill in some of the missing details about the allegations against Betts, Wood, and Flaherty. However, the findings were questioned by some in city leadership. James said the report was not so thorough in its findings, and mayoral candidate and councilwoman Angela Leet took issue with a previously undisclosed professional relationship between Harvey and Deputy Mayor Ellen Hessen. Leet said Hessen and Harvey worked together in former Governor Steve Beshear's administration neither Hessen or Harvey could be reached for comment. This report isn't enough for James and others, who hope the FBI's investigation give a clear picture of who knew
5: what and when. So, um, I contacted a friend of mine uh, that is retired from the FBI and explained what was going on and said I really needed to talk to the agent in charge, and, and then that took place. And so, um, Uh, The next day, the FBI um, said that uh, they would start looking into the case. The FBI
1: confirmed to Fox News that they began investigating Major Curtis Flaherty, the director of the local Explorers program, who was also in charge of the unit that looks into criminal misconduct by police officers. They said their investigation is being done in coordination with the department's public integrity unit, which is no longer headed up by Flaherty.
5: So, um... If an investigation were taking place about officers doing inappropriate things uh, with explorers, then it would have been his officers that would have been sent to do that investigation, and he would have been in charge of directing how that investigation took place. Well, that's a definite conflict of interest.
1: The scandal prompted Chief Conrad to suspend the program in November of 2016. Emails obtained by Fox News show that Flaherty successfully lobbied to have it reopened just a week later for a slate of summer activities, including a National Explorer pistol competition. The regional and National Explorer competitions were described to me on background by multiple sources as breeding grounds for abuse. Indeed, Harvey's report uncovered an alleged incident where Bets touched an Explorer cadet's genitals at a 2012 Explorer conference in Fort Collins, Colorado. It's not clear why Flaherty was pushing to keep this particular program open, but it did show that he intended to remain with the department for some time. Flaherty's request to keep the program open was rescinded and the local chapter was eventually closed for good in March of 2017. At this point, the FBI was investigating the abuse in Louisville's Youth Explorer chapter. Many had been interviewed, including Flaherty. A month after the FBI interviewed him, Flaherty retired from his job the circumstances of which raise questions among those closest to the scandal. Flaherty's attorney told Fox News that he expects his client to be cleared of all allegations against him. He said he ran a safe program and took all necessary actions when he learned of the allegations of misconduct against Betts and Wood. And he, he recently retired, correct? Yes, he did. And the timing of that is is kind of curious. Why, Absolutely. Why so? And what other kind of circumstances are surrounding his retirement?
5: Well, you know, the the rumor that goes around the police department that officers have been telling me is that the chief called him into his office and told him that, um, you know, you need to retire uh, and that uh, it's important probably to you that you get your first paycheck prior to any charges coming upon you. His first paycheck, what what do you mean by that? Um, So if you um, do something that... is against the interest of the job that you had as a a police officer or as a public servant uh, and you get charged for that offense, um, then you can't, the retirement board could deny your retirement payments. If you get charged later but you've already been retired, then they can't. So that was a way for the chief to guarantee that Flaherty could
1: receive his pension if he has to serve a federal sentence?
5: Correct, or if he
1: gets charged. If Flaherty retired and began receiving his pension payments before he was charged by the FBI, then his family would continue receiving those benefits if he went to jail. This is the crux of the allegations for collusion between Curtis Flaherty and Chief Steve Conrad. I tried to reach out to Flaherty. I went to his house and knocked on his door. Despite multiple attempts to speak with Flaherty at his home, we never met. His attorney did say there was no relationship between Flaherty's retirement and the closure of the Explorer program. Meanwhile, it should be recalled that both Officer Betts and Wood have been charged with sex crimes, and Curtis Flaherty could face charges for his alleged role in covering up their actions. According to the victim's attorney, Tad Thomas, who took over the cases after Yates was removed, The three former officers established a cycle of abuse and cover-up.
4: What would happen is a victim of bets would go to Wood and say, this is what happened. So Woods would say, you know what, we need to tell Mr. Flaherty. And so they would go and report it to Mr. Flaherty when Wood was doing the same thing. And then Flaherty would do nothing about it. And, and vice versa, a victim of Woods would go to Betts and say, hey, this is what happened to me, what should I do? Well, let's go to Flaherty, and Flaherty would not do anything.
1: Why would police leadership act to, to cover up the actions of officers who are, who are so explicitly abusing kids, if it's so well known? Uh,
4: that's a really good question that I would love to know the answer to. I'm not sure why people do it. Um, I certainly don't know why it was done in this situation, but we, I think we can prove that it was. Um, You know, whether it's embarrassment to the organization or Flaherty didn't want to say anything because, you know, he was in charge of the program. I don't know. Uh, But, you know, once we get into discovery, we hope to have answers to those questions.
1: Councilmember David James told me about a former cadet who he said killed himself after being interviewed by the FBI. He said the cadet was interviewed about sexual misconduct by officers involved in the Youth Explorer program. Details of the abuse are scarce and only the suicide is corroborated. This story was never reported by the media.
5: My understanding is the FBI uh, interviewed that individual uh, earlier in the day, I believe it was around 10 a.m. in the morning, and that the interview lasted two to three hours. Uh, and then that individual left uh, the interview, came home, and about two hours later uh, committed suicide. Was
1: that someone that who, who had Been a part of the Louisville Youth Explorers program? Yes. And when did this happen?
5: I believe that would be
1: February of 20 this year. This suicide was corroborated by David Yates, although the FBI wouldn't comment on the matter. Yates, who filed the first lawsuits on behalf of the victims, said he'd received pushback from Jefferson County Attorney Mike O'Connell's office. O'Connell's role in all of this is tricky. As county attorney, he's tasked with prosecuting crimes, but also defending the city's interests from lawsuits.
6: I did everything in my power to make sure that was filed under seal, and there was a fear because they had been abused by people in power, and they were worried about how that would come back on them. And um, so we tried to do so confidentially. We filed under seal. Um, We did under pseudonism to protect their name, and obviously the defendants knew all that information, but I was trying to keep that out from the general public
1: were they were they scared of these these officers
6: yes it um not just the officers and the officer supervisors and the other individuals and they were they were scared of the power players within our city and i thought that there was a paranoia there and they were worried that their um, social media accounts and their phones and everything else were being hacked Um, it turned out through the hearings that the county attorney um, who was defending the city Actually, had used the information gathered in the investigation against the victims. He had their Facebook accounts. He had their information, and you know, he would have their, their back and forth, the messages, the conversations, all that. Um, and and it, I think it sent a terrible message to all the victims that wow, you know, this is the end of, this is where I go to report crime. This is where I go to to if you take domestic violence intake. It's all through this office. And this individual is not only willing to expose our information, but he's demanding that our names be exposed through the media. Um, And I think several of the other victims decided not to file suit.
1: Let's unpack this a little. Yates is saying that the defense had access to some of the communications of the victims, including their social media. Additionally, O'Connell threatened to unveil the victims' identities, a drastic and unusual measure in sex abuse cases. O'Connell and his communications staff refused to speak to me about Yates' allegations. They said they can't comment on ongoing litigation.
6: Yes, and I think it was downright evil. Um, You have sexual abuse victims who have been scared to death, who have been talking to each other, who may have had the courage to come forward, who've been assured that we fall under pseudonism, that they would be protected. And then you have the elected county attorney for the city coming out saying, we're going to level the playing field and we're going to expose the names of the victims. Now what happened, obviously, it, politically, he got a, a backlash, and so he would pull that back. But he also appoints the other attorneys to represent the individual officers who move forward with those motions, so the effect continue.
1: Metro council members passed a local ordinance much the same as a state law that mandates the reporting of child abuse to state authorities. Council members said they passed the law because abuse in the Youth Explorers program hadn't been reported. The potential for negligence was widespread here. Something Yates understood with his initial lawsuits. Your lawsuits cast a wide net of of people who are going to have to defend themselves in court. Why did you cast that wide net?
6: I think that um, as an attorney, I had a duty to, to move forward with that. And I think that obviously um, the way the program was run, uh, looking back now, I think that that level of negligence, is that's an easy standard to make here. But to say that they actually they were part of that cover-up and they were part of that Um, I think that that moves on to people in positions of authority. I think it moves all the way up and named Flaherty individually for that reason because he ran the program and he was in charge of public integrity. He was supposed to investigate the program, who shut down the investigation and failed to move forward
1: on one of the abusers. Um, I I think that, that one's pretty strong. Attorney Tad Thomas took over the case when Yates had to leave due to a conflict of interest. He was president of the Metro Council. As the case has progressed... Thomas has become increasingly convinced that knowledge of the sex abuse goes higher than Officer Curtis Flaherty.
4: We believe that there was uh, knowledge that this was going on uh, quite some time ago and that actions were not taken to protect these kids. We don't know how high up it goes, you know, based on the information that we have we we think that we can put together a chain that goes pretty high up and so uh... You know, we've named the chief of police because we know at some point in time he was made aware exactly when you know we'll, we'll get into once we get into discovery um, but you know the city is responsible for the conduct of its officers and uh... you know so we named the city and then we brought in uh... the boy scouts and learning for life because you know learning for life handles these or coordinates these programs nationally.
1: Yates knew the litigation would get contentious and brought Thomas on early as co-counsel.
4: We worked together on the case uh, for many months, and it wasn't until he was disqualified uh, in the NC case. I want to say it was December or January. And and why was
1: he disqualified?
4: Uh, The judge uh, determined that he had a conflict because he is the... Uh, president of Metro Council, and as President of Metro Council felt that he could not file a lawsuit essentially against the Louisville Metro Police Department and other employees of metro louisville
1: so he he they, he was essentially suing the city that he that he worked for uh,
4: that was their allegation, yes, that was what the judge found, and we we disagreed with that because under Kentucky law, there is a separation between the Metro council then the city is the executive, Um, so we didn't feel like uh, there was a conflict.
1: Depositions in a whistleblower case for Jimmy Harper, an officer who alerted Councilman James to the alleged scandal, showed inconsistencies about when the mayor knew of the abuses, clearing the path for possible negligence.
4: If I were investigating, I would want to investigate everybody from top to bottom, all the way to the top. Does that include the mayor? all the way to the top.
1: That's Thomas Clay, a longtime Louisville attorney and thorn in the side of the Metro Police Department. He's representing Harper in a whistleblower lawsuit.
4: The main inconsistency, as I recall it, was the mayor said during a 2013 investigation what he learned about that he read about or saw in the media. And the deputy mayor and the chief both said they had individual meetings with the mayor where he was briefed on the course
1: of that investigation. And the deputy mayor and the chief of police said that he was he was briefed on the investigation or briefed on the allegations as early as 2013? That's my recollection, yes. Flaherty's alleged role in the scandal goes beyond negligence. He is accused of tampering with and destroying evidence of sexual misconduct, allegedly going so far as to delete explicit photos of an officer from a teenage girl's phone in front of her parents when they filed a report. Did Major Flaherty delete sexually explicit photos off of a victim's phone? Has he been been accused of deleting sexually explicit photos off of a victim's phone? Yes. And text.
4: That could imply a violation of state and federal law about uh, destroying evidence.
1: And that's, those, are, th- those are felony charges, correct? Yes, sir. This view of the Youth Explorers scandal paints a picture of negligence and criminal wrongdoing. Betts and Wood are at the center, with Flaherty acting in a way that protected and facilitated their abuse. Furthermore, Chief Conrad allowed Betts to resign without facing criminal prosecution, despite knowledge of allegations of gross sexual abuse lodged against him. As the FBI continues to investigate, those seeking justice in Louisville hope their questions will be answered. In the next installment of this series, we'll explore how widespread teen sex abuse is in the Youth Explorers scandal across the nation. Also, we'll hear one more time from the two alleged victims, C.F. and Daryl. We also have a fourth episode dedicated to unraveling five Explorer lawsuits that were unsealed in the final days of our investigation we'll give a full update on where all criminal and civil litigation surrounding this scandal stands. So stay with us.
0: That was our reporter, Andrew Kuyper. In the next episode, we'll talk to two individuals who have investigated cases of sex abuse in explorer chapters across the country. What they found shows that Louisville is not alone in this scandal. So stay with us. This is Laura Engel, and you've been listening to Fox News Investigates.